Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, stranger. The Opus is moving out and into a new season as we continue to explore the ongoing legacy of music's most iconic records. I'm your host, Adam Unz, and this season we're celebrating the 45th anniversary of Billy Joel's fifth studio album, The Stranger, a record whose critical and commercial success catapulted the piano man to superstardom. Helping us explore this classic collection are artists like Billy Joel's drummer, Liberty DeVito, Regina Spector, Andrew McMahon in the Wilderness, Rozzy, Lissy, The Ark Hells, Bayside's Anthony Renari, and Ben Folds. Great music shapes lives, shakes rafters, and embeds itself into our culture. So let's find out why only the good die young as we deep dive into The Stranger. The new season is out now and is brought to you by the Consequence Podcast Network and Sony Legacy Recordings. Find us at consequence.net or wherever you get your podcasts. Consequence Podcast Network. Hello, and welcome to the Spark Parade, where I geek out with artists and entertainers about their cultural spark of inspiration. I'm Adam Unz, at Spark Parade on all social media. Thanks ever so much for joining me. Uh, Are you ready to have some fun? I hope so. Because, whoa, do I have some fun in store for you, little buddy. My guest today is Bob the Drag Queen, who spoke to me about her spark, the color purple. This was a true joy for me. I am such a huge fan of Bob's work. Hi-huge. I don't know how to explain it any better than that. We mostly talked about the Steven Spielberg film adaptation of The Color Purple, but we also covered all of the other 900,000 adaptations of Alice Walker's book. So it was a wide-ranging and, I'm going to say, absolutely delicious chat. Yes, delicious. Just wait. You will see exactly what I mean. And in fact, you know what? Don't wait. Find out now. Quick Bob Facts. Bob the Drag Queen is the alter ego of non-binary comic and actor Caldwell Tadikyu, who describes herself as hilarious, beautiful, talented, and humble. Bob's unabashed confidence won her the title of America's Next Drag Superstar on season 8 of RuPaul's Drag Race, multiple acting roles for Netflix, Sony TriStar, MTV, VH1, and she has appeared on HBO's We're Here, which won her a Glad Media Award and a motherfucking Peabody. Not bad right? Quick color purple facts. The Color Purple is a 1985 film directed by Steven Spielberg based on the Pulitzer Prize-winning 1982 novel of the same name by Alice Walker. It was Spielberg's eighth film as a director and marked a turning point in his career as it was a departure from the summer blockbusters for which he had become known. It was also the first feature film directed by Spielberg for which John Williams did not compose the music, instead featuring a score by Quincy Jones, who also produced. The cast included Whoopi Goldberg in her breakthrough role, Danny Glover, Oprah Winfrey in her film debut, Margaret Avery, Radon Chong, 
Willard Pugh, and Adolf Caesar. The film was a box office success, grossing over $98 million against a budget of $15 million. The film was nominated for 11 Academy Awards, and it holds the record for the film receiving the most nominations without a win. And there you have it. Enough pre-gaming. Let's take our seats for the feature presentation. Here comes my chat with Bob the Drag Queen about the color purple. Do you remember seeing the color purple for the first time, becoming aware of it, any of those things? Well, no, the color purple came out before I was born. So I don't really remember when I first saw the color purple, but it's kind of always been part of my life. Like, I just always remember the color purple just existing. I I, I feel like I remember being aware of Whoopi Goldberg specifically around Sister Act. And then I feel like I saw color purple sometime after I saw Sister Act. But maybe that even then, because color purple is often quoted in, in, in black cinema and um in just black uh spaces and music and movies. So I just feel like I've always had the color problem in my life. Yeah. I mean, there's so much. I, I just finished watching it again. There's so much, so much stuff. It's like boggles my mind. But I guess a good starting point, because you mentioned Whippy Goldberg, that performance for somebody who I think she'd done a little bit of screen stuff, but barely anything. It's her first major motion picture. It's like the most remarkable, sensitive, nuanced, just like out of control it obviously was totally robbed of the oscar that year it didn't win any you know i think it was nominated for like nine or eleven eleven and it got zero oscars yeah it's fucking crazy yeah it, got, it was nominated for eleven oscars it got zero oscar i think out of africa won that year and i mean it was a, a all-black cast and a jewish director and, and i don't think that was really the vibe <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> at the time and um this is a lot about the world at the time as well but it's also for me, it's not just the color purple of the movie, it's the book, the musical, mm-hmm. uh, the movie, and of course the new movie coming out on, on Christmas Day. Right. With Fantasia Barino, Danielle Brooks, and Coleman Domingo. Yeah. It's an amazing life for a work of art and for something to kind of touch people in so many different ways and so many different forms of media is a real testament to the to Alice Walker's work, to the story, to uh, all of the like emotional themes, to all of the performances that have come through all of these iterations. And for those of you who have not um, read The Color Purple, what's really interesting about the book is that the book is written almost entirely in letters. It's all just letters. And you also get to journey with Celie through um, literacy. Because in the beginning, she's illiterate, and she's just le- learning how to write. It's really interesting. It's letters to God, letters to her sister. Um, it's a really, really, really brilliant piece of work that has had many lives. It's been on Broadway twice, two movies, a book. I mean, I, I can't say enough great things about. And also the amount of awards is won. I mean, I think it's. I think it won a Pulitzer. Yes, Pulitzer National Book Award, both. And of course, it it also. Um, you know, every actor who's played the role of Celia has either has at least been nominated for Best Actor, even though um, Whoopi Goldberg did not win. Uh, she was nominated. LaShawns won the Tony. Um, Cynthia Revo won the Tony. I do believe Fantasia is going to win the Oscar. I, I genuinely believe that that next year, The Color Purple is going to sweep, sweep the Oscars. It has to. Yeah. And another incredible cast. It, like, the trailer was already just, like, making me 
emotional. I mean, Taraji P. Henson, Coleman Domingo, Danielle Brooks, Fantasia Barino, her. It's just going to be, it's going to be a, I can't, I, I really can't wait. Yeah. Did you get to see uh, either or both of the Broadway shows? You know, I, I, I so um, the Broadway show, the first time it opened actually in Atlanta at the, at the Alliance Theater. And I got tickets to go see it, but I couldn't go because I was in a play at my school that I didn't even graduate from. I should have just left to, left to go watch it. But I did get to see Cynthia Revo perform the role in, in on Broadway. And it was one of the most amazing things that I'd ever seen in my life. Yeah. I, like I have a friend who does press for Broadway shows and she gets me free tickets to things and I just kind of get to go and not really have to like worry too much about it. And it was like on the spur of the moment and we were sitting really close and it was just like, yeah, so overwhelming. She was so, so, so incredible. Danielle Brooks as well, just like out of control. I think I saw Jennifer Hudson or did I see Danielle Brooks? But all three of them because uh, Jennifer Hudson is... um Suge Avery and yeah oh yeah 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 I saw them both yeah they were both in the show I saw Danielle Brooks Suge a- Danielle Brooks as Sh- Miss Sophia I saw um, Cynthia Revo as Miss Seeley and I saw Jennifer Hudson as Suge Avery mm-hmm. yeah but then then later down the line um I know I know a little bit too much about the color purple and then down the line that same cast Jennifer Holiday played the same role which is really wild and of course Jennifer uh, and, and, and Heather Headley as well yeah yeah but just a a really amazing production. I think one of the things that I really liked about that too is the set just being very stripped down, kind of allowing you to just focus on the performances, really leaving space for all of these people who are so incredibly talented and who fill the space themselves so well. It was really amazing. Just as an aside as well, Aretha Franklin was in the row ahead of me when I went to see it and it was like losing my fucking mind, like, you know, crying hysterically. Um, how was her response? She she had like you know security around her and people were coming up to her and being like oh miss franklin did you just want to see um the security were having none of it and she just kind of like would wave like yeah 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 we're not here for that um but i love that she wants just, all she wanted was a little bit of respct that's literally all she's asking for i know she wrote there was a song about she it the, and she notably wrote the song right after leaving the color purple <laughs> yes notably yeah, yeah exactly her hit song respect was she was like no one miss theater was respecting <laughs> me i need to write a song about it yep yep I remember that. Yeah. But I guess, you know, going back to the movie, all, uh, not just uh, Whoopi Goldberg's performance, but all of these people like, you know, Oprah Winfrey, who, uh, again, was like very green as an actor. And yeah. Danny Glover. Danny Glover. Yep. Um, Like, you know, went on to do Lethal Weapon immediately after this. Well, it's kind of funny how um, many of the people who left this role did not did not leave the role being known for their serious acting. Mm-hmm. Willie Goldberg is known as one of as one of the best comedians in, uh, in 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 television history. She went on to do Sister Act. She went on to do Ghosts. You know, she went on to do a lot of really really camp movies. And Oprah Winfrey went on to be a the queen of media. Mm-hmm. I mean, truly the queen of media. And Danny Glover went on to do some really campy. Uh, buddy buddy cop films <laughs> yeah and i mean i think the only one from this film who went on to to do exclusive not exclusively like really serious stuff is steven spielberg mm-hmm. yeah and but steven spielberg at the time was already massive you know he was the only one who was like really massive at the time mm-hmm. from this film and, and quincy jones oh yeah yeah and uh, i mean i think uh but quincy jones as well had I, like outside of the whiz i don't know if he had done much with film so uh, and I think he was a. Pro- this was the first movie he produced, I believe. But yeah, Steven Spielberg. All all of these people kind of having new experiences. Like I, I think this is really the first serious movie that wasn't like a big blockbuster 
um, at least definitely since Jaws had come out and he was considered to be this huge blockbuster director. So it was this huge change for him. Yeah. And, you know, he has said it's kind of a controversial thing to have an all black cast and have a white guy directing it. And he felt kind of uncomfortable about it at the time. But at the same time, having somebody who is that powerful could have been a huge part, probably was a big part part of getting the film made. Oh, yeah. I'm sure Steven Spielberg was a big part of why this film was greenlit. Or maybe it was greenlit and then he got attached to it, you know? I I, I don't know. The, I actually don't know. I don't know the full story there. But I I do know that, um you know, Whoopi Goldberg, I mean, Oprah Winfrey had essentially like almost but quit her dreams of 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 show business and acting and was like on a fat farm when she was um when she was cast in the show and I, i've kind of become friends with desreta jackson who is um the woman who plays young seely mm-hmm. in the movie as well and heard about her audition process which was really interesting she had just moved to to america from the islands and um landed this big audition and it was a quite a grueling audition very long apparently yeah i also listened to an interview with Whoopi Goldberg where she was talking about her audition process and she was flown out to Steven Spielberg's like private theater and did an audition in his private theater came out from behind the curtain and it was like Steven Spielberg, Quincy Jones, Michael Jackson, like all of these other people in front of her. And she was like not prepared at all, was not expecting, you know, she's a stand up. Yeah, and also, why is Michael Jackson? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So fucking weird. And I guess, you know, like, was, who was he going to play? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> honestly, honestly, Michael Jackson could have been a Harpo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the Michael Jackson stuff, I guess. Because it was vaguely uh, thrillery times, you know, Quincy Jones was uh, obviously uh, producing and music supervising. But Miss Seeley's Blues, the song that Shug sings, uh, writes for Seeley, uh, was written by Quincy Jones and Rod Temperton, who wrote like Thriller. And Lionel Richie helps with the lyrics, too. So it's all these like little things. Lionel Richie? Oh, you said Lionel Richie, but I heard Richard Simmons. I don't know why I heard <laughs> Richard Simmons. I was like, I was like, but you know what it is? Because I was just Googling when did the Wiz come out? It was in 1978. So, uh, so Michael, jo- Michael Jackson and and, the, and um, Quincy Jones had already been working together for almost like years, 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 years ago. And then I remember, I don't know why I heard Richard Richard Simmons in my head, which is I was like, why is Richard Simmons writing lyrics to the to, to sister? You know. So it was Richard Simmons wrote the song, and then Michael Jackson sang it in drag as Shug. Is that what we're going with? (laughs) I'm also going to go on record and say Color Purple is one of the most quotable movies of all time. When you think of the the most quotable films, I think like maybe uh, The Shining, um, Star Wars, and The Color Purple. Also, it's really interesting, total side note, how two of the most quoted lines in the history of television, history of film, both came from Jack Nicholson. He realized that here's Johnny and um, You Can't Handle the Truth are both from Jack Nicholson. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of a flex, but that's not the point. What I'm saying is like so many quotes, so many great quotes. uh, uh, You you show is ugly is a great quote from the movie. Um, It's going to rain on your head is my favorite quote from the movie. Undersold, but it's going to rain on your head is a great quote. You told Harpo to beat me. Another brilliant, brilliant quote. You uh, you sit at the head of your own dinner table and you act like a waiter. Like this is one of those movies that I, I I just like. I love to watch it with people. And when someone says they haven't watched it, I love to watch the film with them. Yeah, all all of those elements, like the you know writing the performances, but also just like being able to pick out all these incredibly famous, talented people, like Lawrence Fish, Fishburne, just like popping up yeah. randomly and 
Radon Chong being Squeak and um, mm-hmm. all that stuff too. Yeah, uh, the one other fun fact I was going to say about that song, well, all of the songs, Suge's voice, you know, it's it the it's not the actor actually singing. It was Tata Vega who. Did you ever see 20 Feet from Stardom? Yes. So I, I went down to Tata Vega uh, deep dive years ago. I, I, I've over... I'm, I'm obsessed with this, with the whole... Everything called Purple, I'm, I'm kind of obsessed with. Which is why I'm really excited about Cynthia Revo as uh, Alphaba in the new um, Wicked film as well. But yeah, I did watch... I watched 20 Feet from Stardom on, or from Fame on, um, on, 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 on the airplane. Mm, yeah. I, I just thought that was amazing too. Like she's... Her voice is insane. I mean, uh, that that is also Cynthia Rebo. Seeing that production, like one of the things that kind of annoys me sometimes about musicals is that when people sing the songs, they it's not that they forget to act, but they start like over singing and underacting. Right. And it was it's like she has the ability to just really stay in the moment. It is it 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 it's like She's singing, but she's not like she has this incredible, amazing voice that's just coming out of her. But her facial expressions, it's not like she gets Broadway face on and is doing jazz hands. It's like really still really like subtle emotional content. Now, to be fair, jazz hands have their place in time. <laughs> I, I'm yes, going to say right now yes. that there are there is a time and a place for jazz hands. I don't think it's in the song I'm here from the Gold Purple. <laughs> yeah. But I do think that in the song Cabaret, mm-hmm. you know, when you're singing Candor and Ebb or you're singing all that jazz or um you know, maybe maybe a little jazz hands can go a long way there. But I would probably I would probably save the jazz hands if I was singing like a Mama's Turn or um I'm here from the Gold Purple. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, I I think that's probably the best approach. Time for a quick break, because somebody's got to keep the lights on around here. But we'll be right back. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. But uh, again, like having all this like incredible life of, I guess the only thing that I can think of that's a comparable journey that's not even as many twists and turns is like Hairspray being a movie and that, or a musical and then a movie musical. But this is even more. Yeah, I don't know that a film has had, I don't know that any work of art has had this many iterations. I'm sure there is. Someone's going to be like, actually, <laughs> but the fact that it is, it is two movies Two broad a Broadway show and then a revival and a book. That's that's pretty much every every all it needs now is, is a TV series, right? <laughs> you, know, you know, color purple TV series, which I think the the, the content the, the the subject matter might be a little heavy for ABC. It does cover quite a wide range of um of uh subject matter. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about a trigger warning. This this whole book needs a trigger warning from beginning to end. Um but it also even though the show is quite heavy, people forget that it's also really funny. Mm-hmm. It's also a very fun show. It's all it is it's also quite campy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like watching Oprah Winfrey stomp across that field. There's some like when she when you first realize that she's like um dating um Harpo and it shows her walking down that road and she's got that walk that she's doing. It's really camp, you know, and, and Oprah Winfrey I's married now with all the with you know with her whole family barging in to hug her and pushing Harpo out of the way. 
it's so camp. Yeah. Watching when Squeak uh, assaults yeah. Miss Sophia mm-hmm. and everyone, like the, the, the piano player packing up the piano, taking it, like everyone leaving. It's just, it's so campy. Yeah. And I, I hope that the new film has some of that camp in it still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the reaction shot of her, like having been punched in the face and falling backwards down a hole, just like. Oh yeah. So, yeah. So great. You don't actually see, the, you just see Squeak slide into a, into the swamp under the house yeah <laughs> it's just so it's just so good but even like you know steven spielberg r- really fucks with you in moments because you're like um the moment where where oprah punches the 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 sheriff's wife or the mayor's wife mm-hmm. and um like it's really campy right beforehand because like you know hell no i said hell no and then um and then she's getting grumpy and then the, the guy's like he pumped that crude a little faster you know what i mean and then next thing you know of course she punches the the sheriff and then or she punches the sheriff. I mean, she she knows she tells the, the the wife no, and then she punches the sheriff. No, she punches the oh my god, get me. She she tells the she tells the mayor's wife no, and then she punches him, and then the sheriff attacks her. Yeah, knocks her knocks her down. That's what it is. Then she goes to um goes to prison for or jail for years, mm-hmm. and then next time you see her, she's just completely a shell of her former self. There's so many just so, I can go on and on about this movie. It's so good. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, you know, th- I think that's the other thing is the story itself, the movie, you know, condenses a lot of things because of the way that adaptations work. But even that, it's like a two hour and 20 minute movie. And the amount of story that is packed into that, the amount of things that happen, the amount of issues that are raised and um, like the complexity of the relationships between people and whatever. But it doesn't feel overloaded. Well, The Color Purple covers about 40 years, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, roughly forty years that the the movie, the movie, the book, the the work of art covers. So yeah, there's a lot of time. If you go from literally from Silly being a teenager to her being a, an older woman in her in her in her home, you know, meeting her children. Right. Maybe not. Maybe it's not forty years. Maybe it's more like twenty or twenty or thirty. So her kids are her kids are about thirty years old when they get back from Africa. Yeah, and uh, another thing that I noticed the. Uh, kind of subtlety of the way that time passes in certain stages, like uh, they show, you know, Sophia is pregnant and then there's just voiceover from Celie saying like, oh, and then she had more kids and whatever. And there's like five kids all of a sudden. And again, it doesn't feel like something that's rushed. It doesn't feel like something that's forced and it's not clunky. It's not like, you know, putting up a title card that says like 10 years later. Yeah. Although there is some of that. Um, but, but it's done really well though. Yeah. Yeah. So just like really amazing filmmaking with an amazing cast and the source material just, you know, Alice Walker is a, a brilliant, brilliant writer and obviously, yeah, I, I mean, I guess, you know, the like s- slight criticisms that people have that Steven Spielberg has himself is kind of bringing the temperature down on the queer themes and kind of pulling back, not having anything explicit. And he said that he always felt like he should have had um, the courage to have like a love scene between Celia and Shug. Let's talk about, let's talk about the year, right? It's 1983 and there's a kiss. That's pretty big for a major motion picture. We're not talking about um, indie rom-com. It's a major motion picture and it has a lesbian kiss in it. You know what I mean? And, I feel like Celie is in no un, 
unclear terms in love with 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 uh Shug Avery. And I think I feel like they make it quite clear. And I I'm aware of you. they they could have had a sex scene like they had with um other characters. And and, and I, I guess that's if you're looking at color purple through today's lens, you know? Like you got to like you got to get the movie made, right? Right. But I mean even thinking about all of those factors, this is again a a, a real a testament to Whoopi Goldberg's performance, watching her in those scenes, the way that she's, you know, like giggling, nervous, but kind of folding in on herself, like somebody who has never really had someone show that kind of affection for her and has always been told that she's ugly, has always been, you know, dismissed and hasn't had a lot of love in her life. And just seeing the way that she reacts to having that attraction happening is just so incredible. And to me, it reads very, very queer. It's very explicit. There's no room for like other interpretations of what's going on. Watching Whoopi Goldberg cover up her smile is one of the most heartbreaking things I think I've ever seen in in cinema. Watching her hide her joy Mm -hmm. watching her deny herself beauty is um oh it really can get to you because i feel like a lot of us see ourselves in that or at least i say i can't speak for myself i see that in myself this um desire to be beautiful to be loved and to have someone validate that in a world that doesn't validate it can be really uh powerful yeah that moment and the very end when she is like running through the field towards Nettie and they're like, Oh yeah. Oh, that's so, that's so much. And she just like, doesn't know what to do with herself and is just like kind of confused and really happy, but also just like can't process what's happening. And her face, it's just, she is such a fucking good actor. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, you're not going to get any argument from me. Whoopi Goldberg is is an icon. (laughs) And, and she, in, in my opinion, she should probably have, she should probably already have two or three Oscars, you know? Yeah. Like, I am very, very happy that she won for Ghost, but I, yeah, I think she deserved uh, even more than that and still does. I wish she would still do more acting, but she's fine. She's relaxed. She's doing the few. You know, there comes a point where you're like, I've done what I got to do. You know what I mean? And, and, and it's like, it's like how some musicians just, I mean, she does, I mean, she is still acting. She's not not acting. You know what I mean? But. I had a I had this this idea a while back. I started it during the pandemic, but I just kind of like didn't, it didn't go anywhere. It was called the Complete Works of Whoopi Goldberg, where I watch every single major motion picture Whoopi Goldberg has ever been in, and I just kind of fell off because it's one, it's a huge, it's a lot of work to do. I think she's been in something like sixty some odd, sixty four movies. Yeah, and I was gonna watch everything from Citizen Kane to like her most recent work, not Citizen Kane, uh, uh, Citizen, I'm not losing my mind. I'm giving it away. Citizen, I believe it's called, or it's called like Citizen. I'm not losing my mind. I'm giving it away. That's what it is. And, I mean, down to Lion King to, you know, Jackie's back, every movie I can get my hands on. And I got like five movies in and then I just, I kind of like ran into the problems of the pandemic. Yeah. And I, the concept was I watched the movie then I talked to someone who was, who worked on the film and I talked to someone else who's like connected to it in some way or just a friend of mine. So like I would get like Todrick Hall who was in the, the Broadway production mm-hmm. and then I was trying to find, and then I found Desiree Jackson who was Young Sealand. Mm. Yeah. The kind of 80s output. I was thinking uh, a lot about that while I was watching this as well. Like what came next for her, like, you know, Jumpin' Jack Flash and... Did you see Burglar? 
yeah, listen, I've seen I haven't seen every Whoopi Goldberg movie, but I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot of them. Even um Fatal Beauty, which is a wild movie. If you ever seen if you haven't seen Fatal Beauty, I have seen Fatal Beauty. Fatal Beauty is a movie that was written for Cher. <laughs> so but Cher didn't take the role or Cher couldn't do the role for whatever reason, and Whoopi Goldberg ended up doing it, and it was written as an Italian woman, and they just never changed the line. So there were lines like, Oh, these Italian women and and her name was Rita Rizzoli. Was was Whoopi Goldberg's character's name, and to justify her being black, they just like threw in some n-word slurs. Like I was like, this is crazy, and it was like this weird thing where like the idea of Fatal Beauty was like this drug that will kill you on the first try, which is a horrible business model, by the way. Like you need a drug dealers need customers. Right. First step. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you're, you're gonna need customers, honey. Uh, but yeah, Whoopi Goldberg had a very interesting. I I watched um. There's one movie of her that I watched that was. I cannot remember the name, but it's where she plays. She plays a housekeeper. Uh oh! I uh. Who's um? Who's uh? Who's the guy? I, I, she's in with Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah. Um. And, and it's called uh, Clara's Heart. Yes. You seen Clara's Heart? Yeah. Maybe you. Maybe you and I need to do this this podcast. Together. <laughs> yeah. The complete works will be Goldberg. Yeah, I'm into it. Uh, Clara's Heart was a wild ride of a movie. <laughs> I'm talking. Clara's Heart was bananas. <laughs> I I was blown away by that what that movie was. I I can't in good faith say I I I I enjoyed that movie, but I can say that I'm happy I watched it. Yeah, <laughs> like uh, Fatal Beauty. I feel like that falls a little bit more in the like good wild category to me. Mm-hmm. Claire's heart. Oh yeah, super mm-hmm. camp, camp in a fun way, yeah. camp in a great way. Yeah, yeah. And then she made two movies that are almost the exact same. Long Walk Home and Karina Karina are essentially the same movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of wild. Whoopi's got su- such an interesting career. Yeah. Yeah. Because she was really the toast of Hollywood for a long time. Mm-hmm. But also it was this thing where she would play like apparently, apparently, I don't know if it's true or not, but apparently Sister Act was also written for Bette Midler. That sounds familiar. And then she did, but so so Whoopi was taking these roles that other people wouldn't take, but then she'd like made them in a way that like the other person could have never come back and taken it back. Like, I mean, I'm sure that Sister Egg would have been great with Bad Midler, but it was just with Whoopi Goldberg, it's just, ah, uh, I also think, I think that Jumpin' Jack Flash was written for a white woman as well. Um, maybe I'm wrong about that. And Jump, I mean, another, another interesting movie, like what an odd, she, like Whoopi Goldberg has this online relationship with this person who like needs her it's basically like one of those letters you get or those emails you get back in the early 2000s like i'm a nigerian prince and i need your help it was that but in the 80s it would be over was like helping this this it was such a strange movie yeah the part where she's like wearing the cocktail dress and the wig and is lip syncing it's getting caught in oh is that right before after the dress gets caught in the in the shredder and it's like there's a, a secret pocket for her walkman in the yeah <laughs> i you know i really um back to color purple part of the movie that was really kind of hard for me was like this this idea that Whoopi goldberg wasn't beautiful because i just thought she was so stunning mm-hmm. i just think Whoopi, like she was just so beautiful yeah in this movie and we were all just gonna act like Whoopi goldberg was ugly i was like what is happening right now yeah yeah and uh, like that was one of the greatest pleasures of watching it to me is that by the end it feels like she at least can start to see her own beauty even if other people are still not willing to show her the kind of affection and adoration that she deserves that there's like uh, and it's just like self-confidence getting out of the uh 
abusive household that she was living in, having her own home, um, having her own business, all of those kinds of things. But it isn't that explicit thing of just saying this is like a beautiful person and having somebody, even Suge never really says that to her. So yeah. Yeah. When I look at your picture, young Whoopi, she's so cute and young. Oh, I know. she's so cute. I love Whoopi Goldberg. I really, I'm a, I'm a big Whoopi Goldberg fan. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a kind of, I have a, like a Whoopi Goldberg tattoo. Like I'm obsessed. Yeah. She's pretty great. Uh, I feel like that is a lovely note to uh, finish on. This has been very, very, very fun. I am so glad we got to do this. Thank you so much for making time for me. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for um, for asking me to be here. Love it. Love it. Ugh, the best. Thanks again to Bob for chatting with me. So much fun. You can find her, let's face it, everywhere. But uh, specifically, go to bobthedragqueen.com or go see Madonna whenever the celebration tour finally kicks off because Bob is opening for her, which is wild and amazing. Okay, a quick spark of the week from me, Paul Tremblay, who is the author of Cabin at the End of the World, which was turned into the far inferior movie Knock at the Cabin recently. And much more importantly, he is a past Spark Parade guest. Uh, He released a book of short stories this summer called The Beast You Are, and the first story in it has really stuck with me. Um, I don't really know how to say the title because it's Cold Lemonade 25 Cents, which is crossed out, and then Haunted House Tour colon one person. Really uh, rolls off the tongue there, right? But that doesn't matter because it is a great story and it is creepy as fuck. I love horror movies and books, and I don't really get scared by any of it anymore. But this one is pretty, pretty fucking creepy. There's nothing explicitly horrifying in this story. It just leaves enough room for your mind to kind of wander to something creepy, something going bump in the night. So if you like that kind of thing, read it. If you don't, I don't know. Don't. And that's about it for this week. Please follow me on social media at Spark Parade. I don't know how many times and in how many ways I can ask. So just save us some time and do it. Okay? And, you know, have a nice little week. Do something fun. And until next time, bye. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.